baps, that shit crazy. Jimmy on the beat, boy. Well, hello, this is the Trophy Room. People, we have college football this weekend, and we're in the final week of the preseason. All right. Coming up, the only story worth talking about in the NBA over the last six months seems to be coming to an end, but we are not so sure. We have a starting quarterback in Carolina, and there's reason to be excited for sure. And we're going to pick the NFL playoffs and give you a Super Bowl champion. So there's a whole lot to get to here coming up. We are sponsored by the good people over at Jim Candy, so head over to JimCandyGummies.com as well as their socials on Instagram and TikTok. Go test out the product that is revolutionizing the pre-workout market. Okay, so this ain't even like a big thing, but if you don't believe, like, so I think one of the, not cliches, but one of the sayings is that the NFL and sports is, is basically just life's greatest reality tv tell me that the nfl is not reality tv i gave you i gave you the browns conspiracy theory with the nfl i think it was last week or the week before so you're telling me that deshaun so we, we finally got the deshaun watson suspension which i think came out after we recorded last week so you're telling me his first game back he's playing the texans and you're telling me baker goes to carolina and his first game, he's playing who? The Browns. Convince Dude, like, crazy. Like, I'm not even. I'm not mad that it's scripted, but you can't convince me that it is not eight thousand percent intentional. Yeah, dude. It's this is probably the coolest. This will be, and also, do think about this. Opening day. Who does Russell Wilson play? Like you couldn't have scripted you like you couldn't have even scripted this better. It's a movie, bro. <laughs> and Baker Mayfield, if he has a good season, this is literally just a thirty for thirty wrapped up in a gift basket to the people at ESPN. Like crazy. That's why I love it though. Like again, there's some people who they they will refuse to acknowledge that it's scripted and they're just going to believe that this is 100% how it is. We both know that the NFL is smarter than that. Like people the NFL literally owns an entire day of the week. The same day that you go to church, the same day that you claim to give to God, the NFL also owns that Sunday more than any other business in the entire world. The NFL knows exactly what they're doing. And so you might not like how the sausage is made, but we're going to keep on eating it. And so, like, the NFL knows exactly what they're doing. Like, last year, um, they were going to have the – they. I think the Broncos played the Packers week one because there was word that Aaron Rodgers was going to go there. So I don't care that it's scripted. I don't care that it's – because it's not fabricated. In fact, like, it's just the best way to set up for the most interesting story. You know what I'm saying? It's like True. when producers on reality TV shows literally just pit people against each other. It's like, yeah, you can be upset that they're kind of the scum of the earth, but they make for some dang good television, like high-rated television, and that's literally what the NFL is. Facts. Like, you can't tell me it's not highly script or uh, sorry, highly rated when the Hall of Fame game. I think I mentioned this. The Hall of Fame game the other day with the Raiders. They were that was a more watched than an NBA Finals game from three years ago. Now you can say, well, that was just that's an anomaly because it's a poorly watched NBA Finals game. But but in what other world is it normal for a preseason to have the same? Well, that not would be even like, a preseason. Not it's a pre preseason. Pre preseason because there was still a week after until the preseason actually started. Insane, dude. So yeah, like what in what other world would people be like, yeah, I would rather watch preseason this than like it just doesn't. That'd be like saying people watch more preseason NBA than they watch the World Series, which isn't true. But but that's how crazy that it sounds. (laughs) True. I know. Okay. Also, before before we get into the Baker thing, because that to me is the best news um, that we got this week. Is the UFC a top five sport in America because if last okay. weekend didn't prove that to you, I don't know what will. Okay. So we'll, let, let's break this down real quick. Cause I'm a person, I like lists. You know me. Okay. Okay. I'm a list guy. So let's, let's go. Number one, obviously number one, football is King. Yep. In the U S two, as much as I hate to say it, probably NBA. 
Yeah, that's now fair. let's think about this. So three, four, and five. MLB is in there just because that's America's game. But I'll yep. this is what I'll say. I'll put it at four. Okay. MLB is four, and you know what? It's three. I'll put college football. Okay, so you're saying NFL is one, NBA is two, college football is three, and uh, baseball is four. four. Okay. And then UFC has came out of nowhere and is five. And debatably could be four. Debatable. I'm just putting MLB above it because it's so much – like it's just been around for so much longer. But it is for sure a top five, maybe a top four. So you're putting the UFC over college basketball? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Interesting. Because the only thing that college basketball has – like do do we watch college basketball regular season besides BYU? And even BYU, I watch maybe every third game. Yeah, and I go and we go there. I watch probably every third game. Yep. Um, but you better believe every BYU football game we're there, baby. So, yeah, college basketball. As much as I love March Madness, that's all they have. If they didn't have it, it would be bad. So, so we obviously live in in Utah, and if for people who don't know, the last UFC fight was in Salt Lake, and um, I didn't know this. But I think it was – I heard that it was completely sold out. Like, there were no seats. Like, yeah. the, the entire Vivint Arena was full, which is more than they can say for jazz games sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. To me, this is how you know that a sport is great. Like, like I don't think qualifications for, for telling you how great something is or isn't is super easy. This is how I know that the NFL – or that the – that caught that UFC is better than just about every other sport because when was the last time you were sitting in October or November and your boy said, Hey, you want to come over and watch the world series? <coughs> I sure. thought so. So, but I remember in high school, like I remember vividly um, when Kevin Durant was playing the golden state warriors the year before he left. And I remember my boys being like, it was just the Western conference finals. My boys being like, Hey, like let's all go out and watch it. Or, or when you're with your friends and say, like, hey, let's go to beat up so we can watch this. Or just come over and we'll watch this. And obviously, everybody comes over to hang out and watch the national championship game. But yeah. what, like, what other sport does that social environment where, like, you're willing to have other people over in your home and a bunch of people all get together because they're so excited. They want to enjoy this experience together. And, like, this is this is not just a you and me thing. Like, I know plenty of people across the country who, like, like I've heard – that like this is like a thing now where like all these dads are literally just getting together to like all get together as dads in the neighborhood and just watch UFC and you know that because that happens at your house sometimes yeah so facts the UFC is easily taking over as a top five sport and and I don't think it's far off to say that in because I don't think it's gonna die I really no, don't think it that will this not, is a fad no. it's not a fad because dude it was on the come up pre COVID McGregor true like five years ago when he burst onto the scene, dude, he made it so relevant because before there's like there's pre and post McGregor in the UFC pre McGregor. It was like, it was still rising, but not very much. And then McGregor burst onto the scene, dude. And he was electric bro. And he like, he made Dana white in the UFC. And then ever since McGregor in like 2017 or 2018, maybe it's been insane. And then dude, I think what makes it so popular is the earth. Like I, like I could see it becoming the second most popular sport in America. You know why? Why? Urgency. Urgency, dude, because like, think about why we love the NFL so much. It's because anyone can win any game. Am I right? That's why you'll watch any game, any regular season game. Like, I will literally watch the Jets versus the Patriots because yep. anyone can win. And it, there's always talent. And that's the same thing with UFC. Like, anyone can win. And unlike boxing, they can't pick who they fight. It Like, Dana White, he says, okay, no, I want a good fight. And so... That's why, and you don't get these long, like, 
in boxing like, oh, Floyd Mayweather's never lost a fight. Well, it's it's kind of easy to do that when you can pick your own fights and you don't face the next best guy every fight, which is the- why someone like Kamara Usman is so elite because he like he had like a was it a fifteen win streak? He like, was that's crazy. one win away from tying the record, and he would have if he yeah. would have won again, then he would have broke Anderson Silva's record. Yeah, which is insane, dude. I think you're I think you're right for two reasons. The first one I think is urgency. So if you don't really know what we're talking about, so Kamaru Usman is literally a god. Like people who we thought definitely could challenge him and I would call you like you and I, I would call UFC casuals like I wouldn't say that we're yeah. like hard A's who literally wrestled in high school but like we watch probably once a month like watch the actual like, oh, yeah. watch the whole card. And so, yeah, we'll watch the whole card. We don't just watch the yeah the main. But event. if we'll you know anything card. about UFC, Usman is he just seems absolutely untouchable. He's he kind of yes. is like the Alabama of that that weight class. Would you say? Is that fair? So, um, you have Kamaru Usman who just he's been in all these rounds and he wins and honestly he wins in a non sexy kind of way like almost like a yeah. Floyd Mayweather kind of way I mean it's impressive it, yes. to never lose but I think boxing oh, yeah. boxing's issue is and this is where Dana White makes up for it Dana White says if you want to get paid then show me you're worth paying you're not just going to get paid because you stepped in the ring they are getting yeah. paid because they stepped in the ring but they get incentivized to win so much more and they get incentivized to win by knockouts not just to win by decision mm-hmm. and the issue with boxing is it's so boring it is so boring so nobody ever gets people touched play, anymore n- do people box not to lose like they're just trying to keep their record yep. intact. They don't care about like how they win or it doesn't matter. But UFC, dude, that's facts. Incentives, and so the incentives are crazy. Kamaru Usman, again, like this god, this powerhouse that we're talking about, he comes out and this guy Leon Edwards, who I think had fought him before, like yeah, really so. was losing the fight. Like if you, it's it's the same as boxing where like you get points each round, and if they would have gone to decision, he would have lost the fight. And then he yes, sent that last sure. Hail Mary pass at the end of the fight and just and knocked Kamaro Usman out. And and so the point that you made about urgency is the, was one of the reasons that the UFC is so valuable because there can be action. Like imagine in the NBA if you hit a full court shot, the game was over. And you had a team that was down by 30 trying to make the playoffs and they hit that shot and they won the entire thing. But, a, but like yeah. a little bit more powerful – that's what the UFC is, and so you can always have action where with the with boxing, like you rarely have it. And I would go as far as to say boxing was or the COVID was actually good for the UFC because it was oh, the only yeah. sport on. And when you got a monopoly and you're the only product that people can buy and they have nothing to entertain them, you're gonna get a lot of customers, especially in a political polarized world. But yeah, dude, at UFC is a top five sport, and I didn't realize that until after this last weekend with the with the uh, Kamaru Usman fight. But it was pretty incredible because because I feel like baseball has been in baseball and college basketball. I feel like have been in the top five, but not because they were worth it, just because there was nobody else to take that position. And now Dana yep. White is doing more, and he's he is taking that position. Yep, hundred percent agree. Okay, so let's move to this. We have news as of today. We have a starting quarterback in Carolina. And this is a guy who you and I are both a huge fan of. So Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback in Carolina. So first question, we're going to break down. I'm going to give you their projected win totals, and you and I are going to break down the the schedule and just give the wins and losses. But, like – Tell me where you're at. Like, did they make the right choice giving Baker the starting job? Oh, 100% made the right choice for two reasons. One, purely revenue-wise, who sells more? The Jets bust or Baker Mayfield, who has been taught – like, he gets – he has the buzz of someone like a Conor McGregor because he's so controversial. Say like love him, hate him, but you talk about him. You know what I mean? Yep. Like very similar to a Donald Trump. And so one is revenue. Two is he is significantly better than Sam Donald. 
And anyone who says different doesn't know football. Like, you can obviously tell, yes, is Sam Darnold more athletic? Yes. But that's about all he has over Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's accuracy, better. Arm strength, better. He is a – like, he's – I'd say he, he could be a top 15, 16 quarterback in the league this year. And, I like, for sure. I think that everyone loves – not even this is I think. Everyone loves an underdog. There's it, the oh, reason yeah. we love the movie The Blind Side. The reason you go and watch sports movies, you never go and like you don't watch the guy who never wins, and you don't go to watch the guy who always wins. You go to watch the guy who shouldn't win but does, which yep. that is Baker Mayfield. And anyone who's confused as to whether or not Baker deserves a starting job, let me tell you this: because first of all, in all reality, you you we, you and I come on here and give our opinions because that's our job as part of this show. But what maybe even matters more is being right. And if you're confused about why Sam Darnold didn't get the starting job, let me and, – and if you go read Sam Darnold's um, reaction to not getting the starting job today, he's depressed. But let me ask you this. How can you be confused when before they even knew they were getting Baker – they said, yeah, we're going to go and take Matt Corral in the fifth round or whatever. And Matt Corral yeah. was, was good and great in the SEC, but, but not an NFL uh, not an NFL quarterback. And ed- evident yep. by his preseason game where I think he went like one for nine passing. Like he was absolutely terrible. And so you can't be confused because they, the Panthers already told you, we don't want Sam Darnold. I know we went out to go and get him, but we know he's not the guy. But and, – and I wonder if this plays into it. They said there is no one who is going to be – because, yeah, you can get Jimmy G, but to me, Jimmy G is a safer pick. I don't think Baker is a safe pick, but I think Baker's ceiling, I think, is higher than – than Jimmy G's again, you're, you're better on average with Jimmy G. Like, and honestly, Jimmy G is probably better. But if you like, again, you and I have talked about this. Week one, the script is Baker Mayfield is getting to play the Browns. And here's the other thing: um, if if Batman is coming around and he's joking and messing around with you, that's when you should be scared. Not if he's looking like a killer. Not if he's out here like lurking around in the night like if bat is joker if batman's doing what he's not supposed to be like what's outside his personality you should be scared and i find it so interesting if you go and watch these baker mayfield press conferences he's not worried about the smoke he's not worried about media members getting under his skin he's not worried about or at least outwardly not worried about playing the browns he gives all the right answers and and baker's notorious for giving all of the wrong answers taking shots he doesn't need to like, tell me or not whether or not, like, Baker Mayfield, this version of him, I think is scary. It's, dude, no, it is scary. It reminds me of, like, so my dad, he'll always tell me, he, he's like, it's hard to get up, get up early and grind when you're sleeping in silk sheets, right? True. So, Baker Mayfield, for those couple years when he was the Prince of Cleveland, after he yeah. won that playoff game, he was the Prince of Cleveland. And he got away from that walk-on underdog, biggest chip on his shoulder in the league to like a little bit entitled. And yeah. it almost reminds me of not like comparing him to like, obviously this is a fictional movie, but not comparing him to Rocky Balboa, but very similar to Rocky Three. When he fights Clubber Lane, you know what I'm talking about? Mm, of course. When he fights Clubber Lane and he gets beat, and then he goes to a dark place. You know, we always talk about a dark place. He went to a dark place, and he comes back, and he just murders him. And I think that's what we're seeing from Baker Mayfield. He got humbled, and he went back to a dark place. And I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to be MVP or be a pro bowler, but Baker Mayfield in a dark place could do some serious damage, especially in a bad division. Okay, so let's go ahead and just break down the Panther schedule real quick to like tell people honestly, because you and I can make a win prediction. Like Vegas has them right now. Most sports books. Seven and a half. 
Uh, most a lot of sports books have them at six and a half over under. So really, that seems yeah. low. So you and I can go division? ahead and give our give our opinions on how many which game how many games we think they'll win. But I think it makes more sense to say which games they'll win. So let's just okay. go through the list real quick. So week one, they get the they get the Browns and they get them at home. To me, yeah, dude, and I think we agree that's a win. That's a win, dude. They're favored in that game. I looked it up by like one and a half or something, like a close game, but they're favored. Because they they don't have Deshaun Watson until week eleven. Yes. So that one to me is an easy dub. I think, and I think it'll be great to start that way because I think Baker will start on fire, and then they get to go to the New York Giants, which and I that's think that's a win. a win. Yeah, that they're a joke, dude. That's a win. That's two wins already. Yeah. Okay, so then you have to play the Saints, but you're playing the Saints at home, which to me is a toss-up because we still don't really know what the offense looks like outside of Alvin Kamara. That's dude, that's true. And like we've talked about the Saints are a trap game for anybody. Yep. But let I'll give it to the to the um uh, Panthers because I think they're a very underrated team. Remember last year when like Sam Darnold got there and people were talking about, oh, they could win like they could be a wild card team. Like, what is different about Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield? It's better. Yeah. So I, I think that's a win. I think they could win that game. Very well. Okay, winnable. so right now they're at three and zero. So then they okay. get the Cardinals at home. Okay, I say that's a loss. Okay, I agree with you there. So we got four, so we're at three and one right now. Three and one. So then you get the 49ers at home. And I'll, I'll say that's a loss as well. I think. But I think it's Niners a lot closer defense. than people realize because last year the, again. The 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 Panthers did lose Stephon Gilmore, but they were number two in total defense, I think, by the end of the year. So the defense wasn't what was losing them games. They couldn't score to save their life. So and you got Trey Lance. I don't know if we know what the 49ers will look like. Maybe you catch Trey Lance slipping in yeah, week five. That's possible. It's a toss up for sure, but I'm down to give them a loss. Okay. Yeah, I say give them a loss. Three and two. Okay, three and two. So then they go to Los Angeles and play the Rams. That's easy loss. Yeah, easy loss. Then they got to play the Buccaneers at home. I say I think they'll split with the Bucks, but I feel like they'll lose this one. Okay, personal opinion. So three and four right now. Then you get you get to go to Atlanta. I think we'll say that's a win, right? Okay, so four and four. Okay. You, get, you get to go to Cincinnati. Mm. See, because I, I think feel that's like we've, lo- I, we've given them all of like their probably losses, but I think if we're going to say that the Panthers are what you and I think they will be, and we're applying this mentality line. of any given Sunday, like it, you tell me you want to play the Bengals, the Rams, the Buccaneers, or the Cardinals. I. I think, like, I love me some Joey B, and I love me some Jamar Chase, but I don't think it's yeah, outside think of the realm they of might possibility. Win one of those. I, no, I think you're right. You gotta, whenever you plan for a team, you gotta plan one unexpected win and maybe one unexpected loss. So I'll take them against the Bengals. I think you got a point right there. Okay. So then they go, so they're what? They're five and four at this point? Five and four. Okay. So then they get to play the Falcons again. Yeah, that's a win. Six okay. and four. I think this is a win. They get to go to Baltimore. I think that's a win. I could see it as a win just because they got a good pass rush. And I just because think they're... we need to see what the Ravens are going to be because in like on paper, that offense looks totally one-dimensional. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Dang, dude. If we we gave them two wins and all of a sudden seven and four and okay. they're looking nice. So then they get they get the Broncos, but they get the Broncos at home. I think I'll say that's a loss. Okay. I think I think the Broncos will be pretty good this year. I think that game's closer than people think, but it's I, I could see it going to the Broncos. So then they get to play the Seahawks. I think that's a win. I do too. No matter how good Geno Smith seems like he thinks he's gonna be. Um, so then you get the Steelers at home. See, the Steelers are kind of like the Saints. It's a trap game. Yeah. I think. Except that I like the Steelers' offense more than I like the Saints. That's true. What do you think? I I honestly think the Panthers win that game. Okay. 
we'll go with your gut. Because I think the Panthers will be a team that they could be in most games. No, ma- no matter if they win or lose, I think most games will be close for them. I don't okay, think so, they'll blow anybody out or get blown out. So then they get to go – they get Detroit at home. Peep, call me crazy. I actually think this is a loss. Dude, I – you know I've been high on Detroit for a bit, so I, I could see that as a loss. I don't think Detroit's think a playoff – I don't think they're a playoff team or anything, but I do think they are drinking the Kool-Aid that, uh, that Dan Campbell is serving out there, and dude, I think I they're love sick of being Campbell, slept dude. on. I love him. I love me some Dan Campbell. I'll, I, I, if dude, you don't I like Dan Campbell, videos. then you don't like football. Like, I go to war for Dan Campbell. I don't even know the dude. He's yep. over here crying on hard knocks, dude. I love it. So what, is that, what does that make? Is that 9-7? and 9-7. and seven. Okay. Then you said they split with the Buccaneers, right? I did. So they win this I, game then. Dang. 10-7, and seven, bro. Okay. No, so that's, Maybe that's nine and seven. Okay, nine and seven. So and then they finish out with the Saints. Ooh, dude, see that's the did we say they won or lost to the Saints? Okay, so here's the weird thing is if we say that they went like to me ten and seven sounds wildly different for the Panthers than nine and eight. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think 9-8 and eight in the NFC could get you in the like the last seed in the playoffs. No, it totally could. Especially, yeah. No, I, it totally could. So, I, mm, dude, this one's a hard one because the Saints defense is really good. And I just don't see them beating them twice. No, and the I, thing I've got to remember with the Saints is at every position group on defense, they have a stud. They have a guy who's probably – Top, they have every position group. They have a top ten in the league. They have Cameron Jordan yeah. at edge rush. They have they have both Malcolm Jenkins and Tyron Matthew. And at corner, they have um, what's the Ohio State's kid? Marshawn Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore. And then and oh then yeah, they got, got Demario Davis kid. at at linebacker. And then what's that? What's the the other D line? And they got Armstead, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they got a uh, – is Marcus Davenport? Is that who you're thinking of, or are you thinking of Armstead? Yes, yes. No, no I'm thinking of Marcus Davenport. He's yep. like a fringe pro bowler too. No, he is. So, to me, 10-7 and seven for an angry Baker Mayfield and hopefully a, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, like with a DJ Moore and a Robbie Anderson, like that's not crazy at all. Um – so so we gave you we gave you Baker. Tell me this though. So there's reportedly not reportedly a statement was released today by the Brooklyn Nets and I won't even go ahead and read it to you, but basically they came out and said we have sat down with Kevin Durant as a front office and as a head coaching staff and Kevin Durant has agreed to play for us and play for us this year. Are you buying it? Um, yeah, I'm buying it. I I am because I think Katie's realizing that this whole shenanigan is one hurting his legacy. As much as he says he doesn't care about legacy, he really does care. And two, I think he realizes that any team he goes to will not be as good as the team he's already on. And I think because of the way they lost and who they lost to, he was so mad and he just wanted out. I think that's what happened. If they would have lost in the second round, I don't think he would have said anything. Or even if they would have lost in like a game seven, I don't think he would have said anything. So I'm of the op- of the opinion that people don't change. Usually, like most people are who they are, and they don't fluctuate that much. They like to tell you that they do, but people at their core really are who they are. Yeah, they'll I tell think, you who they are, true. I think Kevin Durant... I agree with you. I think it's done for now, but I don't think it's over. Because if I'm going to say that Kevin Durant doesn't change, that also means Ben Simmons probably not really changing and Kyrie Irving's probably not really changing. And if if all those Buswells are still running around and 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 burning sage everywhere and and, <laughs> and having anxiety attacks so they can't get paid to play mil- paid to play millions of dollars worth of basketball, 
like I don't think Kevin Durant and, and Kevin Durant's not the type of guy who's like, you know what? Like I forgive y'all. Like he's not a forgiving kind of guy. I think no. this is what happened. I think Kevin Durant flexed every piece of leverage that he had and he still lost out. He like he put he went all in at the poker table. There was a report that he might even retire. He went all in on Texas Hold'em and he lost everything. And and uh, when you're playing poker with your boys, you got that one friend who's just rolling in the dough, and he asks you if you need a little charity. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. The net yep. said they said, "Hey, bud, you need a little charity? Hey. You want to actually hey, play Bubba. some ball this year?" Gosh. So yeah. I agree. I think it's done for now. But don't even be like, do not be surprised if next year Kevin Durant, because I almost wonder if he's like, look, if everybody stays healthy, like, and everybody decides to play, I'll see how this thing goes. But I think if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to this year, I, again, maybe, and maybe he doesn't have any cards left to play. But maybe I feel like you he got, does, I feel like he's used all his cards. Like, I I know, so that's why. But I. Something's going to have to happen. Someone is going to have to be a free agent. Somebody's going to have to be on the trade block. Somebody's going to have to have a bad year. Like there somebody's going to have to be desperate to go and get him. And I just I don't think like he's not happy there. He doesn't want to be there. And again, people don't change. Kevin Durant certainly falls into that category. So I think it's over for now, but I don't think it's over. But to you does this like when does this tell you that the NBA has a problem? Because people oh, can say gosh. whatever they want about Roger Goodell, but ain't nobody bigger than the Shield. Whereas the NBA is the complete opposite, where like the they are running the hen house, like the, they are absolutely they are the players are in charge, and Adam Silver is just a leaf in the wind. Yep, zero backbone, dude. He literally lets everybody push that boy around. It's dude. That's why the NFL is popping off, and it's been popping off for years. And the NBA, dude, I sent you that article. Yep. About like, yep. NBA is just down, 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 and you know why? Because all they cover is freaking basketball, and the one football that they've got is Monday Night Football. That's it. And they spent all of their money trying to go get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Um. I think it's it's very telling to so we're we're having this conversation about Adam Silver and nobody respecting the NBA. You can be as socially liberal as you want. You can be as socially liberal as you want. But even people who are socially liberal and are most people who actually make money are fiscally conservative because they understand yes. you can't just give everything to everyone if you pay your lowest level employee as much as you you get as the ceo that business doesn't work everyone doesn't get to be a manager somebody has to be in charge of somebody else and somebody at some point has to be told no this is not your place and i'm going to put you in it and occasionally when you have to make that decision you're not well liked a la roger goodell but guess what the nfl still owns sundays and thursday nights and monday nights and it's still probably the biggest sport the best sport in the world maybe not the biggest but definitely the best and so the nba is either going to have to learn with adam silver by getting rid of him or they're just going to have to understand this is why you keep tanking yeah and you know it's bad when skip bayless and Stephen a smith always rave about how how um, Adam Silver is the best um, oh is the word. best commissioner. That's how you know he's the worst and just the most woke and liberal of them all. Yep. Dude, yeah, but let, let's be done with NBA, dude. I get depressed when we talk about I it. I know, dude. I just – like I want it to be good. I want it to go back to the good old days, and every year they show me they're not going there. So. <clears throat> yep. I do have this question, though, for you. So there are talks that Oregon is in preliminary meetings with meeting with the Big Ten to see if there's a fit there to move over. So when will college football realignment be over? Like what does it have to look like for everything to stop? And do you think we're going to get there sooner than we all would have predicted? I think we are going to get there sooner than we predicted. I think it's going to end up being – Dude, so th- so it could go either way, and it depends on one one school, Notre Dame. 
if Notre Dame goes to the ACC, it can be a four <laughs> division like system. But if they go to the Big Ten, then the ACC is dissolving, and it's going to become just SEC, Big Ten, and um, Big Twelve. That's what I think. I think it'll be depending on Notre Dame wherever they go, and I think it'll all of this will happen in the next. Hey, sorry, you cut out, Luke. What were you saying? I do like that point that you made, though, about how Notre Dame. Yeah, I I like what you said about Notre Dame being the epicenter of everything. I agree with you. Yes, yes. What did what What was the last thing you heard me say? You were you were talking about the Big Twelve being the last thing standing, and and ACC is basically holding on to whether or not they get Notre Dame. But to me, I feel like Notre Dame goes to the Big Ten before they go to the ACC. Yes, I agree that they would. Only reason why I say ACC is because they're kind of. If you look at like how college football is, they're like a and how their schedule is, they're like an honorary member of the ACC. It's kind of weird, but it's like how they're they have like a like a handshake deal with the ACC. Basically, I don't know. Well, if I think a lot of their that. other sports, like college basketball, women's soccer, like most of their other sports, participate in the ACC. It's just college football that doesn't. Yes. So that's why I say, like, I think they'll go to the Big Ten because it makes a lot more sense. Because Big Ten, everyone, like, geographically, like, their Notre Dame is in Indiana. Like, that's Midwest country, Big Ten country. And academically, it is a very good, like, that's probably the best of all of the, like, all the divisions. Like, um, like ACC is not good academically, and SEC for sure is not good academically. Nope. So yeah, that w- it would make sense if they it, so if they go to the Big Ten in the next three years, there's just going to be three divisions, like three conferences. Sorry. So do you think that if the so you almost feel like that not only is Notre Dame the epicenter of everything, but it's also basically the final column. Like this is the last beam holding everything together, and if Notre Dame goes somewhere it's almost like shorting a stock. Like everybody is immediately pulling out all the stops and going to save their money as much as they can. Yes, exactly. That so is th- very much what I'm saying. This is where I think things get even more interesting because you make this point about Notre Dame, but you also, but we also know Notre Dame hasn't been in a conference for forever. And yeah, that BYU just finally caved and went to the Big 12. So to me, the situation was BYU wanted to be in a conference. Nobody would take them. Notre Dame could be in any conference, and they don't want anyone. I yeah. find it interesting that we have we get this report last week that the NCAA is reportedly uh, – their their <laughs> boys, the commissioners and the presidents and the chancellors of these universities and these conferences – got together and had a meeting last week to discuss this idea of leaving the NCAA as far as college football is concerned. So they would just pull college football from the NCAA, which you say, well, that's not super crazy because that's how it is now. It's not completely that way. Basically, all the NCAA does now is is punish people for like serious violations, but they don't do really anything else. Um, True. But what I – like. Are you in favor? Because I kind of feel like that's where we're going. And if we're not going that way, you tell me. But, like, should college football just cave and go to a semi-pro model? Um, I Like, I just don't know if that would work. I, like, I, I don't know. I've heard that as well. But I, think, I personally think they're going to stay in the NCAA. And I think the NCAA just needs to ah, – dude, I don't know. It's so hard to – so hard to tell. I honestly I'll go with no, but I was always of the opinion I think NIL changed everything. Well, actually that's not true. Here's what changed everything. The NCAA believing that they held all the power. The only power that they held was the belief that they held the power. Because we've obviously yeah. seen over the last five years that people if they want to call the NCAA's bluff, then they can, and it's not very difficult. Yep. So, and the NCAA honestly probably should have been a little bit more cooperative. As soon as they made this a war, 
they basically said, you can try and call our bluff. And when the bluff was called, they lost everything. They and lost. I think if they would have yep. been more cooperative, they would have held on to their power and we would have had more organization in college football. But the issue yeah. that we had started when, and again, I'm not saying that this is 100% bad, but it was where the epicenter of this whole issue is, is NIL. Because it was no longer regulated. It was, every state can just say, well, we're just going to let people get paid to go to a certain university. So here's the first thing that I think is an interesting conversation to have. Like, do you really believe, so there was the the Bijan Robinson kid gets that deal with Lamborghini. Do you really yeah. think that Lamborghini saw an increase of sales from, because like, let's think about it. These kids get paid for an NIL deal. What are these companies getting out of it? I think everybody just saw NIL as an opportunity and they're like, oh, I can steal Bryce Young before anybody else gets him. But let me ask you this. Why didn't Nike sign anyone else except for Kayvon Thibodeau? Because they know, all these companies know, the money that we're spending on advertising is actually effective. The money that we're putting into these college kids is not making us any dollars unless it's like a regional. So like Mountain America Credit Union here in Utah, they have a couple of athletes, but that's not a national Mm -hmm. brand. I think you're going to have a lot of these companies. Like I think NIL, I don't think it's going to die, but I think people didn't know what it was when it first came out. So they just jumped on it because everybody said to. And now I think like you tell me from a business perspective, does it really make any sense to sign these kids to six figure deals? Because there's no way you're getting six figures back as a result of their endorsement. No, you're not. Especially like the crowd of people that, really cares about college football it aren't the people who are going to be buying lamborghinis i'm so like i'm sorry and yeah one percent of a half a percent of the united states yeah like no one can afford it and so to me you already are in a scenario where these kids are just headed towards a scenario where they just play football for money. And if we're being honest, how much do these kids really go to class anyway? Like they, they don't, they and- don't. And so, and a lot of them don't even want to, like most of them will tell you, like it's dumb that they even have to go to school at all. I honestly think there should be some form where they just say, look, like if you want to go to school, great. And I don't know how you regulate this, but these kids don't even want to go to school and you have the NCAA making themselves the enemy and you have all of these schools talking about how they're going to pull out anyway. It's it, This is a money-making scheme. All of these schools are branded by the fact that they make money off of football. That's it. I honestly don't hate the idea of just sending it to a semi-pro league and they say, look, here's your money. You can either, like, here's all of your scholarship money. You can either take this as tuition or you can just take it I think it actually is a disservice to a lot of these kids because, again, only half a percent of them even sniff professional sports, but most of them don't want to go anyway. And really, like, what are they getting out of school if they're not even wanting to go to these classes? Like, I just don't understand. I I don't think – I just – with the way people – again – be careful what you ask for because you just might get it, but people got what they wanted. You got NIL. You got people getting paid to play. I just don't know now how you look back and you close those floodgates. Yeah, I agree. No, I think that semi-pro model could work where they like basically tell them, like, look, you can take this tuition money and do whatever you want with it, or you can go to school. And then on top of if they end up getting NIL deals – but yeah, I agree. I think NIL NIL is going to cool down because it's going to be a lot more regional, and they're not just going to be handing out six figure deals to everybody. Like that, yeah. Because if it was unless that, your name is Bryce Young, you're not yep. getting a six figure deal. Because there's plenty of these schools that got big time alumni. You're like, I would be willing to bet BYU on like average has probably some of the richest alumni because these boys just, I mean, merit school of business, whatever. But how come more BYU alumni aren't paying more kids? Because they know that it just doesn't work. So I have yep. no idea when I, – I don't know when college football realignment will be over, but I like the point you made. I know when it's starting. I know when it's really starting, and that's when Notre Dame is start to be seriously involved with talks of moving somewhere. As soon as that happened, the, 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 the building is falling to pieces, and we are getting 
a new form of college football because yep. everyone it's just going to be an I mean it's already an arms race to pick people up and move to a different league whatever but we we basically know at this point it's inevitable that we're going to get a super conference and it's just a matter of who's going to be in charge of it yep agreed agreed 100% uh, so let's let's just close not close it up but let's finish up here cuz i'm i'm so excited for football to start oh, and i, gosh, and I dude. I'm not even going to give credence to the people who think that Utah is going to be top four and that like I was listening to the radio the other day and this guy was like, yeah, they're just afraid to put Utah at four and, and Michigan and Texas A&M don't even deserve to be there. And I'm like, please, please don't even, I just hate when people don't know, like don't have semi-intelligent yeah. opinions. It like, pisses me off. Like but. Utah has a good program, but they get like Utah and BYU get three star recruits. Texas A&M gets five stars. That's just how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of um, breaking down the takes of idiots, let's do this instead. Let's go mess around and uh, do a mock NFL playoff real quick. Because I think it's – I don't think it's as obvious as everyone thinks it is. I actually think it's wild, wild west to see who's going to make these playoffs, A, and then B, who's going to win the Super Bowl. Got it. Okay. How you want to do it? All right. You want me to go, or you, yeah, you, you just go, and I'll just I'll just toss it up to you. So give me first, like, who's making the playoffs in the AFC? Because we got the AFC West over there, and oh, if you told me three teams made the playoffs from that conference, I wouldn't be shocked. But the rest of the AFC is that good that I just don't know who makes the playoffs over there. So so shake it down for me. Okay, so this is kind. This is a little wild here. So. You're going to have to come back, Oop. We lost you. Okay, so where'd you – I'll just start from the top. So number one seed, I've got the Bills. They, I think they got a top two quarterback in the league and maybe the best roster. Um, so that one seed, two seed Chargers, Justin Herbert, I think they're, they're going to win the division. Three, I've got the Colts. Um, they play in a bad division, and I think they're by far the best team in that division. Four, I Bills, number one seed. I think they got the best overall roster in the league. Two, I've got Chargers. I think they win that AFC West, and Justin Herbert has an MVP-level season. Three, I've got the Colts. I think they play in a bad division, like maybe the worst division in the league. And then four, I've got the Bengals because I think the Browns aren't nearly as good without Deshaun Watson. How how are you thinking so far? That's AFC division winners. I I like it. I don't hate it. I think I just don't see the Bills losing. Like to me, Josh Allen is he's ready for his Super Bowl tour and he's coming for it. Exactly, I agree. Okay, so wild card teams here. I've got Chiefs. Broncos, two AFC West teams representing, and then I've got Ravens at the seventh seed. Okay, and then yeah, I, I've got Ravens going in at the seventh seed. I think they're. I think Lamar does enough to get them into the playoffs. Okay, okay. now, now do you want me to break down NFC as well? Let's just do the playoffs. Like, let's just do the tournament. Okay. Start with the okay. AFC. Okay, so then I've got and so it's going to end up being in my bracket Chargers Ravens and I've got Chargers winning that and then it's going to be Colts Broncos and you know what I'm I'm just going to throw it up to the Colts cuz look I'm biased I'll say Colts win that, okay? And then okay. Bengals Chiefs and I say Patrick Mahomes gets his revenge. So now it's Bills Chargers Colts Chiefs, which really pans out nice cuz Chargers, Colts, and I say Chargers win that to go to the AFC Championship. And then it's Bills-Chiefs rematch. And I say Josh Allen finally gets his flowers and goes to the AFC Championship. And then I've got Bills being the Chargers in the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. So Let's hop back and to it, the other then, side. Okay, NFC, here's what we got. We've got – so – one seed, I've got the Rams. 
Now I've got some somewhat hot takes in here. Two seed, I've got the Vikings. Wow, um, that is seed, a hot take. Yeah, yeah. So three seed, I've got the Bucks. Four seed, I've got the Eagles. And then five, the Niners. I think most people could see that coming. Six, I've got the Cowboys. And then, so I've been debating on the wild card if it's going to be Panthers or Cardinals. But since we just hyped up the Panthers, I'll say Panthers sneak in at seven. Give it to Bakewell. Give give it to Bakewell. Okay. Dude, so then, if, the, if they make the playoffs, I'm buying a Baker Mayfield jersey. That's it. I'm buying one. Yeah. True. So we've got Vikings, Panthers, and I say Vikings win that game. And then we've got Bucks, Cowboys, and I say Cowboys. I mean, you can always bet one thing that they're going to choke. So I say Tom Brady beats them. And then we've got Eagles, Niners, and I say Niners win that game. So now we've got Rams, Vikings, Bucks, Niners. And I, so it's Rams, Niners, and I, you know what? I think I'm higher on the Niners than you are, but no, I you're say way higher get, on the Niners than I am. So I say the Niners get revenge. I'm not even Rams. convinced that the Niners beat the Eagles in your high, in your theoretical scenario. So that that's just that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so okay. they get revenge on them, and then I say um, Vikings beat the Bucks. So Vikings so go I, to the Super Bowl. Well, no, no, no. They're, they go to the so NFC Championship. 40, they're in the NFC Championship, and then it's 49ers-Vikings. You tell me who wins that game. You can't – You can't. it's just those two. You tell me who wins that game. I'm picking the Vikings if that's the scenario. Okay, so Vikings-Bills, and I say Bills win it in a shootout. That would be fun to watch Justin Jefferson go against um, Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Diggs and for Stephon Diggs to go against his former team. A team that he yeah. took to an NFC championship. True. Dude, I like it. I'm excited. That's the thing is, like, every season with the NFL, like, it's different and the story matters, whereas the NBA is just a sitcom. You can sit down and watch any episode at beginning or middle or end, and it's, like, it's just entertainment, but there's not any story to it. There's no weight. There's no value. So I, I love the NFL. I'll watch the preseason because – you got to watch the prequels to some of these shows. Like it's just, watch it's the prequels, that, it baby. is that deep. So I'm excited it's for that. I, I honestly like. I don't know if the Vikings make to the Super Bowl, but I know the Vikings beat the 49ers. So there it is. Okay, well I guess that's gonna round it out for us. Hopefully you stop coughing and uh, you don't die on us. But we will be back with y'all next week. So I guess we'll just give it to them. Whoa. Whoa.